I didn't have to make myself better in order to come to Christ. Mm. That I could ju- that I could just come to Him just as I was. This is Camus, and this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big miraculous ways, all the way down to small everyday things. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week, it's Kylie, and I have with me Joel. Joel goes to church with us, and I think he's been in our area for about a year or so now. Two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, longer than I thought. (laughs) I knew you'd been around for a while. I just didn't know how long. All right, well, so let's pray, and we'll get started. Um, Dear Father in Heaven, Thank you for this opportunity to recall Joel's stories today. Um, Thank you that he was able to do it last minute. And please just be with the words that he and I speak and just let them be a blessing to the people that hear them and let them bring glory to your name. Amen. Amen. All right, Joel, where are you from? I was born in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Camus was in Pennsylvania for not quite a year. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she knows that country. I've never been out that way. Yeah, it's beautiful uh, rolling farmland, and uh, uh, both of my uh, grandparents were were farmers. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And um, tell us a little bit about your religious background. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes, my, um, my parents were Church of the Brethren okay. when I was born, and they were they were dedicated christians uh, they really were very earnest about uh following what they knew to be right mm-hmm. and uh for some who might not know church of the brethren is a little bit like mennonites okay yeah cuz i don't think i'd heard of them before yeah and in our area there we had um lots of Amish and Mennonites living okay. all around us there where I was born. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. All right, and so you came to share some stories then. Yes. And so um when I was 4, um we were in the state of Kentucky. My dad was um a direct mission director of a little uh, Church of the Brethren uh, mission down in Kentucky. Okay. Uh, working among the the uh, hill people there, and um, my dad. He, I'll just share a little bit about this one experience because it it was really a, a marvelous. Um, way that God led in our lives to to guide us and and move us in a knowledge of of uh Bible truth. Mm-hmm. So m- my dad used to go up on the mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. And one day when he was up there, he had a very unusual experience that he'd never had before. Um he it was not an audible voice, but just a very strong impression that he needed to resign from the Brethren mission there that he had been working at for uh, three, um, three or four years. Wow. And um, if he did 
obey, he would be like this great big white oak tree that was there. Mm. And if he didn't, he'd be like this dead uh, log that was laying there. Mm -hmm. And then he had also very strong impression that he needed to go and visit a man that he had been working with to try to bring him to a knowledge of Christ. Uh, his name was Blackman Scaff, and he was a bootlegger, and um, and he'd been running around on his wife, and um, he ran a little country store there, and his life was just a, a basket case, and so when Dad came off the mountain, he told my mom about the experience, and she said, well, you better go visit Blackman Scaff. And so he did, and, and the man was ready to give his life to Christ. Wow. And he, he um, made a complete change, and uh, through the strength of the Lord, he would, got back with his wife. He quit um, drinking and uh, making moonshine. And uh, and that gave Dad strong evidence that that was the Lord's voice speaking, speaking to him to on the mountain. Wow. So it wasn't just like somebody else because like it wasn't like Satan trying to tell him like, oh, quit, quit this mission. Because then it was also quit this mission, but then go and help this person know me. Right. Yeah. And so that confirmed to Dad that, that it was God's uh, impression to him for um to him and uh so he wrote uh, a letter of resignation and um and through that we um ended up moving we had to the state of Michigan and we moved uh, across the road from uh some Seventh day Adventists that uh, helped us to um, learn things about um, the great controversy between Christ and Satan and, you know, end time uh, events and, um, and, it, it, and understand Bible prophecy. And so that really um, impacted uh, my life as a, as a young child. Mm -hmm. The couple that uh, we moved across the road from, he was a farmer and a builder, and uh, his wife was a nurse, and she used to caretake my younger brother and I okay. uh, when my mom was teaching. And, um, you know, we did lots of neat things, gardening and making bread and, and canning, and, and they had a blueberry farm and raspberries. Oh. And uh, so we we enjoyed that. Um, we always lived in the country, and um, then when I was uh, twelve, um, I I had a a dream um, that Christ was coming, and I. Uh, realized that I wasn't ready. Mm. And my mom, our family was close, and uh, I had three brothers and two sisters. 
So we um, we enjoyed doing a lot of things together. Um, and I felt like uh, I was close to mom. And so when I had this dream, I discussed it with her. And and uh, she she really was able to help me to understand that I didn't have to make myself better in order to come to Christ. Mm. That I could ju- that I could just come to Him just as I was. Oh, and that really, um, you know, that really encouraged me. Yeah, um, because you know, sometimes growing up in Christian homes, sometimes we feel like we are supposed to just be good. Mm-hmm. You know, try harder, be good. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Um, sometimes aren't instructed in how to give ourselves to God so that he can make us better. Yeah. And um, so one of the the verses that was was meaningful to me, um, and I think this was maybe just a little bit later on in my experience, but it was really a special verse is in Romans 8, it says, For the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Mm. And what that uh, conveyed to me as a young person was that my carnal heart, the one I was born with, was opposed to, to doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and there was it was it's hopelessly and helplessly uh, broken. Um, it's irredeemably um, messed up, and the only s- uh, solution is to have a new heart. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me because then I wasn't just trying to make myself better. But I could just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need a new heart. Mm. And, and that, to me, was really um, very um, encouraging and like relieving because then I, it wasn't like I was just having to try to be good or try to do a little bit better. Yeah. But I could just acknowledge, no, my old heart is corrupt and i need a new heart lord give me a new heart yeah yeah i like that and like pastor was just talking last night like um about trying to treat the symptoms you know like trying to make yourself better make your old heart better that can never be better but you know treating the actual cause you know just getting a new heart right and i I really like that that really speaks to me too because i think we all struggle you know yeah especially when you grow up in a christian home to like You just want to treat the symptom rather than just say, all right, God, give me that new heart. Yeah. And so, you know, that really helped me. But, you know, we have to die daily. So Mm -hmm. in my experience, you know, you know, surrendering myself to the Lord, you know, it was not a, it is not a one, one one-time thing. (laughs) It is not a cure-all, you know. No. And so the old nature, you know, it keeps cropping up, but... 
but I did really surrender myself to the Lord, and we had a dedicated old uh, pastor there that studied through uh, the book Steps to Christ with my younger brother and I, mm. and it was just like, wow, this, it really uh, made our experience with Christ real and, and living, mm-hmm. and um, but uh, there were several things that I didn't have as clearly um, in mind or uh, as I should have, and one of them was the vital importance of taking time with God every day in mm-hmm. His Word. Yeah. And so over time, I started getting back with my old friends again, and um, uh cultivating um, more of a spirit of, of a rebellion. And um, I remember one little period of time uh, when my relationship with my younger si- sister was uh, getting worse and worse. And my mom was, was really into, she was a teacher, and um, she was very um, diligent in her study of how to be a good mother, mm. and and so she would, you know, I saw her pouring over books on, you know, child training, and and uh, of course I knew she was, you know, she was laboring over how to get through to me, and. I had developed a um, an enjoyment out of heckling my younger sister, <laughs> and uh, you know, just pestering her, yeah, just deviling her, and you know, I I knew it wasn't <laughs> right, and it wasn't, you know, it was it wasn't anything, you know, violent or physically uh damaging but it was just you know it was just deviling her yeah and just just like most siblings do right a chemist is sitting here i never do that to you chemist do i <laughs> <laughs> that might be a lie <laughs> as older siblings will do but yeah and so this went on and and one day and i could tell you know that the tension was building and i could see that you know mom was reaching her level of tolerance um and she was just spending hours you know she had the books out there and and uh and i was by this time i was about 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. and um one day i was uh, melody was doing the dishes and i was I was supposed to be working with her, and and I was giving her a hard time, and so finally, um, my mom called me into the bedroom, and um, yeah, that wasn't a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, she, she said, "Now, Joel," she said. You know, the way you've been treating Melody, you know, it's not right. 
and of course she had labored she had talked to me repeatedly mm-hmm. that I was not to be doing that um and she said you know somebody needs to suffer for the way you've been treating her and she had a belt there on the bed mm. and and then she said something that kind of took me off guard she said now if you're not willing to accept the punishment for it then i want you to give me a whipping oh wow and oh no i missed one important sentence after she told me someone was going to need to suffer for the way i'd been treating melody i said well mom it doesn't matter what you do to me it's not going to make any difference mm. and i had never talked to my mother like that yeah so that was really out of character because we always respected our parents mm-hmm. and um so then she said well joel if you're not going to accept a punishment for the way you've been acting then i want you to give me a whipping oh wow and that really got through to me because i loved my mother mhm and uh and also i realized how much she loved me mhm to be willing to take the punishment for what i had done yeah that she wasn't just trying to get me to comply or to adjust my um actions but that she was really most concerned about my heart. Mm. And um so um we ended up having prayer together and and that the thing that was most important to my mom was that I was able to recognize that I had done wrong and to really make a a resolve in my heart to a change. Yeah. And so that was really uh, a turning point um in my life for, you know, for a period of time. Mhm. And just like I like that too because it's also like an analogy of like that's kind mm-hmm. of what Jesus does for us. Like it did for us, you know. He took that punishment that because like you're saying, like your mom said somebody has to receive a punishment for the way we're acting or treating other people or what we're doing. Right. And and um pastor also said that last night you know like it's it's us who in turn nail Jesus's hands in the cross or you mm-hmm. crucify him um mm-hmm. and as much as we don't want to think about it you know like that could have been you you know you could have beat your mom but instead you know we we beat Jesus but right exactly and when we actually think about it like that it's it's a lot more saddening than mm-hmm. than just this distant story exactly and then um when i was 15 we moved to Colorado my parents uh were both teachers and they uh accepted a call to uh teach at a church school there in the foothills of uh of the Rockies near Fort Collins and um 
so I was in um, I, I was in my dad's classroom, and um, you know I began getting back into a rebellious uh, mode again, and um, it was making it hard for my dad because he was, you know, trying to maintain classroom discipline, and mm-hmm. you know, if if his own son was kind of out of uh, out of bounds, then it uh, it made it hard, and um, one of the issues that that it kind of centered around um, one of the girls in the class, she uh, lived uh, down the road and uh, I was, I was only, yeah, I was 15. And um, in our family, we had a pretty strong understanding that until marriage was a present option that we weren't just to be messing around f- just for the fun of it yeah that it, that would be dangerous and we'd be going down a path that wouldn't be um wouldn't be honoring to the lord mm-hmm. and um and i knew that you know in my heart but you know there's always those uh uh natural desires that um can be pushing us in another direction mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um we had i developed this relationship with this girl and i'd go over there sometimes in the evening and do things together with their family and we never did anything you know we didn't do anything that was uh that was wrong. I mean, you know, it was considered bad, but, but I knew in my heart, it wasn't, it wasn't the best thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was headed in a direction that wasn't good. And, um, but just that kind of had a reciprocal effect on my whole attitude in general of, of just kind of doing my own thing. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, Finally, um, they uh, expelled me from school for a couple weeks. Oh wow! And um, but the um, school board chairman was a good friend of mine, and uh, I had worked together with him on telephone repair. He was a telephone engineer. And uh, for one summer, I had worked with him, and and we developed a really good relationship. And so, when I was um, out of school, um, he took me under his wing, and he took me with me with him every day, oh. um, and whatever he was doing yeah. for a couple of weeks. When they, uh, he's the one who talked to me when it, when they were going to expel me, and I, when I, at that point, I felt like I was sliding down hill, mm-hmm. 
a slippery slope and I wanted to be able to change directions, but I just felt helpless too, you know? And um, so he, he called me into his office one day and um, he had known me since I was, um, since I was about 11. And um, when I was back, when we lived in Tennessee before we moved to um, Colorado, and he knew a lot of my friends back there, and um, and so he was able to share with me in broad strokes kind of where I was potentially headed if I continued to go the direction that I was. Mm-hmm. And, um, and where, with God's help, where I could go if I was willing to commit myself to the Lord. Yeah. And, um, and one was the path of, you know, doing what would gratify me. And the other was serving the Lord and, and really focusing on self-sacrificing service for other people. Yeah. And fortunately, I had oh, I had seen in my parents the um, the blessing and the joy of serving others because mm. we were just we were involved. Our whole lives were involved in ministry and caring for uh, about other people, and and that had we had experienced the joy and the blessing of that, and so. When I was faced with the crossroads that I was at, um, I knew what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And the Lord helped me at that time to, to really make a, uh, a renewed uh, surrender to Him. And then as I spent time with, um, with the uh, school board chairman, the in- engineer friend, um, he really helped me during those two weeks to um, get started on a solid Bible study um, plan mm. that that really helped me to to get into God's Word and to study in a systematic way and um, to where every day I could get a refocus and uh, and recommit myself to the Lord, and that has really been the the uh, real foundation of strength as I've you know learned to really have a new um, you know picture of God every day and and renew my relationship, asking the Lord for you know, just for strength for that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's really important. Like, you know, like any relationship you have to, if you don't talk to the person you're in a relationship with or friendship or whatever, then that relationship doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. That's right. So the Lord has been good. Um, right around that same time, the Lord put a real desire in my heart to learn to cook. And I didn't know why, but I told my mama, you know, I want to learn the basics. And um, 
And so she said, great, well, you can fix breakfast every morning. <laughs> and on Sundays, you can fix uh, the noon meal too. And you can bake bread and granola on Sunday as well as the noon meal. And, um, and so she got me started with breakfast. And so every morning I would get up, get the breakfast rolling, and then I'd study for an hour while breakfast was cooking. And uh, so I did that for the next year. And then at the end of that year, as a family, we were praying about the Lord's direction for us. And we moved, we, we decided that the Lord wanted us to go out to an area where there, was, uh, there were no um, Adventists to help uh, raise up a church. Mm-hmm. And the Lord led us to West Virginia. My older brother and I went out with the family car to look for a place. And uh, we ended up in West Virginia in an area where there were no Seventh-day Adventists. Mm-hmm. And uh, my older brother, he he didn't know how to cook. He tried one time to cook <laughs> baked bread, and it turned out like a brick, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> and Dave, he was very resourceful. So he said, well, let's... Uh, Let's slice it real thin and make Zweibach out of it. Well, when you try to make Zweibach out of heavy bread, you can't even bite it. You know? Oh, boy. Yeah. What is Zweibach? That's just, um, it's like uh, oven-baked bread. Yeah, where you kind of like to- toast it on oh, okay. a slow oven. Yeah. And so then Dave said he didn't want to waste anything. So he said, well, let's grind it up and put it in the granola. (laughs) (laughs) I said, no, let's throw it out and start over again. Oh, no. So anyway, um, (laughs) but, uh, you know. So your learning to cook came in handy, though. (laughs) That's right. And uh, we used my uh, knowledge of baking bread. We went out and gave bread to all of our neighbors, got to know them, because there were a lot of hippies moving in from Colorado at, during those uh, years in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And so that way we got to meet our neighbors before too many rumors floated around, because back in those days there were eight party lines. Oh. So there were eight party, eight people used the same phone line. Yeah. And there in the hills of West Virginia, they they would eavesdrop on <laughs> uh, as soon as they heard uh, it, it ring for the other party. Yeah, they'd pick up and listen in on oh, your conversation. Yeah, so r- rumors and and news traveled like mad. There. <laughs> <laughs> you hardly knew yourself before your neighbors. <laughs> That's right. uh. So anyway, the Lord was good. He helped us to. Uh, we worked together there um, doing building and remodeling and helped us to raise up a church there in uh, in a dark county where there were no Seventh-day Adventists. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty neat. So the Lord's been good, but, you know, we all have our struggles, and we we need Him, and He... he uh, He's so faithful, though. We've seen... I've seen His... Him... Uh, come through in so many situations and uh he's really been he's been my um strength and my friend Mm, Mm -hmm. that's so awesome do you want to share one of those situations where you've seen him come through 
well, <coughs> sure. Um, well, I could. Uh, w- when we were moving to West Virginia, mm-hmm. you know, we we um, we didn't know where we were going to end up, and uh, but we just prayed, and then uh, my older brother and I, we uh, we went. Um, some a friend of ours had invited us to come to West Virginia because he had done call porter work in um, some counties of West Virginia, but he uh, lived um, a couple hours away from those areas, and he was doing a similar work raising up a church and he said look we need somebody in some of these counties Mm -hmm. so he said why don't you come and look at it so we went there to visit Mm -hmm. and uh, he took us to three different counties and that evening we we knelt down and we prayed and we claimed a promise out of isaiah 42 verse 16 it says I will lead the blind by a way that they know not. I will um, I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do and not forsake them. So we claimed that promise together, and you know we were basically asking the Lord to help us to know which of these three counties that He wanted us to to go to. Yeah. And that next morning, um, oh, one of the counties had a state teachers college. Okay. And we wanted to be able to work with young people, so. You know, we were kind of, we were really attracted that direction. But the next morning, we just uh, we shared how we felt the Lord was impressing us, and both of us felt very strongly that the Lord wanted us to go to Gilmer County, mm-hmm. and that's where this teachers' college was. So the next day, we went out um, every road that was going out from the um, the main town mm-hmm. looking for property we didn't have any money yeah um but we were looking for property to buy at the beginning of the day but by sundown you know people would see a, a colorado license plate yeah. and the price would double or whatever oh yeah, of course and so we realized you know we need to just settle here and then think about finding a property and so we were looking for a place to rent by the end of the day and we got around dark uh, dusk we were out about 15 miles from town and we looked down over the bank and there was a nice uh, big farmhouse there by a pond and a barn and it was vacant and so we went to the nearest neighbor and we asked them you know where was the uh, where were the owners? Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Oh, that's the dentist owns that property. The, the dentist in town, and his wife is the one that manages it." 
Um, so they told us where they lived. We went and visited them the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, she, Mrs. Gilbert said, um, we have a, we're looking to move our dental practice to the lower part of the state and we've applied for a loan. If the loan comes through, then we are going to move and we want someone to rent the property. Oh, wow. But if the loan doesn't go through, then we have a house in town, but we crash out there on weekends. So we don't want to rent it if the loan doesn't go through. Yeah. So she said, come back tomorrow. We should know about the uh, loan. Oh, wow. So we came back the next day. We had um, just sat down on the couch, and the phone rang, and it was the loan officer. Oh, wow. And he said, um, we've approved your loan. Oh, wow. And so she said, well, we, we, will, we would rent it to you. And she said, um, we, we want $50 a month plus a $25 cleaning deposit. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, quite a while ago. Yeah. Rent was a lot cheaper. Oh, and we, were, we would need to feed their cows, you know, once a day or something. But, you know, for us, that wasn't going to be, that was no big deal. Yeah. And to keep the, you know, keep up the fence. So, but we didn't mind that. And um, it seemed like a pretty good deal. Well, when we, on our way home to our friend, we counted our money and we had, um, we had $25 and 50 cents. Oh. That's all we had left. Mm-hmm. It was $25 and 50 cents. So we wouldn't even have enough for, um, no, it was the other way around. It was $50 and 25 cents. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. So we thought, well, maybe we pay the $25 cleaning deposit and half a month's rent. So when we came back over to move in the next day, um, or to get the key, she said, um, my husband and I have been talking it over, and we decided to only charge you $25 a month until your parents come from Colorado. Oh, wow. Because they were still teaching. That was March 17, and they were still teaching until uh, into June. Yeah. And uh, so we thought, wow, Lord, this is amazing. Oh. And so the Lord provided just the amount we needed. And she said, and also, you know, you guys don't have hardly anything. She said, look, um, there's everything is out there in the house. There's towels in the cupboards. There's dishes. There's silverware. She said, you know, we crash out there. There's everything that you need. She said, you know, you guys seem like honest guys. And, uh, and she said, you can just uh, move in. And when your parents come and you have your other stuff, she said, we'll come and take our stuff out. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. It was amazing. Oh, wow. And, uh, and she said, there's tools in the shed. You use them to start the garden. And uh, so anyway, we grew to be real friends with the Gilberts. And um, 
But that was such a blessing because the first several years were not easy, but we could look back and we could see how God had had providentially opened the doors and it gave us uh, strength to go through the hard times that we had during those first couple years uh, as we were just getting started. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because looking back at saying like, this is what God has done definitely helps strengthen you. You're mm -hmm. like, God was working then, so he, he can still be working now. Right. That's awesome. And so over the next several years, uh, we started a little health food store there. And then we started a little route selling vegetables in town to get to know people. And we did building and remodeling to support ourselves. And the Lord helped us to raise up a little church uh, group there that has continued to grow over the years. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, well, we're at 40 minutes, so yeah. um, we can wrap up now or so, if you want to share yeah. another story. That's fine. We can wrap up. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. I like that. I like I really like the first part because that speaks to me, you know, we all struggle with wanting to fix ourselves or not feeling like we're doing things good enough, but you know, that we just need a new heart from God. That's right. And that's, that's awesome. And dying to self. Um, so thank you so much, Joel, for sharing, especially last minute. Um, I appreciate that. And thank you everybody for listening. All right. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.